Simulcast. I'm, I'm, I, I can't even front. I can't. I can't front. I really loved like three of the songs all for one. Because <laughs> that's really all I know is uh, I can love you like that. Right. I swear. Right. Comforter? <laughs> no, comforter. Wait, no, Comforter, that's shy. I know. I Wait, don't know a third that's song. shy. Okay. I can't think of a third song. Oh my God. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that I love, I can love you like that. I think. I can love you like that. I can give you the world, heaven and earth, if you were my girl. I remember that that was, huh? I mean, it was catchy. I remember that that was the first group that I realized that I could steal their lyrics and write them uh, on a letter to a girl that I liked, and she would believe that I wrote them. Oh, wow. That was the first time that I realized I could really do that as a, as a life choice. And that changed everything. <laughs> that that was the moment where my whole life, like uh, they say on um, Liquid Swords, that was the moment everything changed. As soon as I realized I could do that, it was like I'm gonna do that for the rest of my life. I'm going to like steal lyrics and and put them on songs, and people, my wife will love me for it. That was my whole mindset. I I said that with no shame. Period. I'm proud of myself for that. I feel like the guy who got caught murdering people, and I'm not apologizing in the least. Like, why would I apologize? (laughs) I have nothing to apologize for. If you could have done it, you would have done it too. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. But I feel like every guy did that, you know, like every guy had that one uh, song that they could just like write down the lyrics and they could play it off like it was their own. Did you ever get song lyrics like you knew that they were song lyrics? That's the other question. Did y'all know that they were song lyrics? No, nobody ever really did that kind of stuff with me. I didn't have, um, let's see. Now I'm trying to think of all the, of any, of any kind of like grade school boyfriends or anything like that. And they just didn't do that kind of stuff. They just, mm -mm. they they just didn't do that kind of stuff. Girl, you ain't lived till you got that. I realized they weren't sensitive. I realized now that some of them, they're just not, they just weren't that, that sensitive, I guess, to even, or they weren't, I don't know what the word is, but they wouldn't have thought to be that type of sensitive, I guess. You know, like there's people who would, you know, like, like you know, you wrote something and it was sentimental and everything where 
you know, even if you were trying to pawn somebody else's stuff off as your own. Oh yes. But they, but they wouldn't have even had the, no, they wouldn't have even had the thought to do something like that. That and it just wasn't a whole bunch. It just wasn't a whole bunch of them anyway. I'm just run, running them in my mind, and it's just like, no, nah, he wouldn't have did that. He wouldn't have did that, and he wasn't smart enough to do that. So <laughs> hmm. I'm just saying, I um, started at a very young age um, realizing that the letter not food but the letter was the way to a woman's heart and um so i would say i was in about fifth grade fifth-ish grade maybe sixth grade i know i was in fourth grade the first time i realized that i wanted a girlfriend didn't even know what a girlfriend was. I just knew inherently. Maybe it was because I, I, everybody who was in my family was older than me. I just knew that I needed a down ass chick. <laughs> in the fourth grade, I was at ten. At ten. At ten, I was profoundly aware that I needed a ride or die chick to walk with me on the playground that's literally as far as my mind took it like okay i'm gonna have a girlfriend and we're going to play together that's that's what a girlfriend is it's a girl who is a friend that i can play with on the playground and they will always pick me first for games that was literally as far as my mind went um so with me being on the attack from a very young age as far as procurement of a uh, girlfriend um, I also realized at a very young age that there were people who were very talented at saying what I wanted to say but they had said it first so my mindset was um, honestly I would have written sensitivity if Ralph Trasvant hadn't written it first like I was thinking the same exact words that he was thinking. Um, it's just that he was more famous than me. And so he was able to put it on wax. That's not a knock on me. It's just that me and him are both in the same mindset. Um, and as such, I feel like his words are my words. So I don't feel badly. Like I think I was in sixth grade when I first sang Sensitivity at a talent show. And, um, oh, wow. Okay. Like, because I really believed it. I really believed that his words were my words and I could channel it. I couldn't sing. I was a soprano, you know, maybe an <laughs> alto. But, you know, I remember that there was a part where the, the talent show was held in the, um, in the multi-purpose room. Um... And so there was no stage or anything. It was just me standing in front of them where the lunch tables were. Um, and then there was a little clearing for where we were singing or performing at. And um, I sang Sensitivity. And it got to the part where the part, it got to the part where Ralph and I, it's important, where we collectively say, don't need a man that'll give you money. Um, no, yeah. It's so, very hot pitch. Yeah. Don't need a man that'll give you money. Yeah, yeah. that part. Um, he and I both decided that that was the point where I, not him, just me, should pull money out of my pocket and throw it on the ground. So I 
being of sound mind and body, came to this talent show and made sure that I had money in my pocket. So then when I sang, don't need a man that'll give you money, I would throw money on the ground as a prop. Why in the hell this is a good idea, I still don't know. I don't know what I was thinking about because saying you don't need a man that'll give you money while pulling out money. (laughs) But I was in sixth grade. You know, so these two things in my mind, they worked together, but they really didn't because if you don't need a man that'll give you money, why am I pulling out money? You know, so I, anyways, anyway, so I went into my brother's uh, room and stole $6 because <laughs> um, she may not have needed a man who would give her money, but I needed a man who would give me money because I was broke and I needed this as a prop uh, for my talent show. So um, I took the money. I needed a man who would give me money. Uh, my brother wasn't really down for it, so I took it. Uh, while he was at basketball practice and never gave it back. Now that I think about it, I actually owe my brother $6 uh, with interest. It's probably like, shoot, yeah. Let's just keep it at $6 and be happy. Um, Went out there, sang the song, Don't Need a Man That'll Give You Money came up and um, sang that part and threw the money on the ground. At that point in time, as soon as the money came out of my pocket, I realized that I had made a dreadful, dreadful mistake. (laughs) Um, Because the girl of my dreams may not have needed a man that would give her money, but them niggas in the front row of this talent show were all as broke as I were, and they needed money. So three people dove from their seats. It was amazing. It was amazing. They, from a seated position, they dove for this $6 that was on the floor. And I saw it in their eyes. Like, I'm singing, and my voice is trembling because I'm nervous. This is my first time being up there singing our hit song, Sensitivity. Um... And so I'm up there, he's on, you know, I can't even make my voice shake now, but it was like, you know, you man, and I'll give me money. And, um, my eyes are closed, but I open them as I throw out the money because I'm expecting to see women fainting, um, and passing out and fanning themselves and everything like I, uh, imagine, like it happened later on in the five heartbeats. This was my moment throwing out the money this was my move again makes no sense because you don't need a man that'll give you money here's some money you don't need me obviously that's what i'm anyways i still can't now that i think about that as an adult that was a horrible move um but i'm looking out past everybody because the rule was either a you find a point on the wall behind everybody and you focus in on it when you're public speaking um or you imagine everybody naked. I sure as heck wasn't going to imagine everybody naked. That wasn't until I was in eighth grade. Um, so I would just focus on a point in the back. And I threw the money out. And as I threw the money out, I locked eyes with these three people 
who were about to Michael Phelps onto the floor after my money. Because <laughs> even though I'm saying you don't need a man that'll give you money, I'm giving you my money. It's not really the way it's supposed to be. So they dove and I dove. <laughs> So we're all turf warring. Like I threw the money and immediately realized, like I, like I'm saying, this is literally a 0.5 second. Oh my god, mistake! <laughs> like as soon as it happened, I was like, that was not the move. And so it was like, um, that moment where you try and. Where you, where you say a cuss word under your breath, but you realize the person can hear you, so you try and suck that word back in real quick. Like, fuck. <laughs> I tried to get my money, which was her money, which was my brother's money, before it hit the ground. And these three kids were diving for the money. They were seventh graders, because middle school. Mm-hmm. So I remember that I got to the money first. But in getting to the money, the microphone may or may not have hit the ground. So the next thing that happened live, this was all live. All you heard was, <clears throat> don't need a man that will give you money. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. You need a man with <laughs> sensitivity. <laughs> with like two dollars. Exactly. It was six. It was no was longer two. six. That was the other part. They got theirs. Like I mean mugged them for the rest of the song. <laughs> oh, it was an angry song. I think I stood next to one of them while I sang the rest of the song. <laughs> and just looked at him. Oh my goodness. Oh, that was that was nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety two, maybe. But yeah, back then I realized that I needed to learn how to write uh lyrics to get a girl. And so I found people who were like minded and kindred with me. And um started using our lyrics to find girls and when I was in the 8th grade I remember that's when All For One I Can Love You Like That was out and I swear and I swear was the best lines that I ever wrote that year <laughs> oh my god they was just everything because um, the lyrics if you remember it were I swear by the moon and the stars in the sky, I'll be there. I swear, like a shadow that's by your side, I'll be there. For better or worse, till death do us part, I'll love you with every beat of my heart. I swear. Now, me being not that dumb anymore because I was in the eighth grade, I knew that there'd be ladies who would recognize the chorus as a part of a song that I co-produced. <laughs> so I decided that I would take words from the actual uh, verses. 
Because uh, everybody smart. knows the chorus. Everybody sings the chorus out loud, you know. But then when the verse comes up, they start muttering. So I knew the verses because I wrote the song. And so I just wasn't there that night because I had homework when they, you know, laid it all out. Um, and so I decided to write a verse and sent it to this girl. And um, she accepted it. She enjoyed it because I had also taught myself uh, through the strong art of uh, wanting a girlfriend. I realized that the other thing, this is so, don't judge me for who I was. Judge me for who I became. I realized at a young age that girls like two things. Song lyrics and letters folded into the shape of a heart or an envelope. So um, mm. I taught myself how to make a heart out of origami or out of origami, heart origami. I learned how to do that. And so I combined the lyrics and the heart origami and made a train wreck that um, I used for the rest of my eighth grade year. I don't I don't know if I used to pass that. I don't really remember because this happened. Um, so I sent the first letter with I swear with the lyrics from I swear and thought I was so slick because again, I didn't use the course. I used first lyrics. That's where the meat is. It's like, that's the special part. It's the first lyrics. Um, and I gave it to her, you know, in, in eighth grade, it was just really, you saw your girl or your guy in between classes. Right. And at lunch, and y'all might walk home together if you live in the same neighborhood, which we didn't. In hindsight, there were girls who lived in my neighborhood. I just never thought about them as girlfriends because they lived in my neighborhood and they were my friends. Work. So, um, in passing, or I would catch her before she hopped on the bus or started riding her bike home or whatever it was, and I gave her this letter. Uh, never called her because her dad was super strict. At least that's what she told me. And uh, he was military, so I believed him. My dad was super strict, too. So it was like, okay, I understand that completely. Um, and so I waited with bated breath to see what would happen the next, the next day. And she, being of sound mind and body and everything, uh, gave me a, a letter back. These weren't love letters really i don't i don't know what to call them because we were in well yeah love letter she sent me she gave me a love letter back and uh i waited with bated breath to read it and made it all the way to my first period class and hunched down in the back and opened up the letter and read it and her letter was just beautiful it was it was everything um Until I realized that she was using the lyrics from Shy's Baby, I'm Yours. Oh. <laughs> and um, in hindsight, I don't know whether she was trolling me. <laughs> or if she really just was on the same mindset I was on. Uh, cause like, her, like speaking to you with it's like you speaking to her with a song so she's like oh well I got a dope song that I can speak to you with that kind of thing like, exactly like okay exactly so I wasn't quite sure which was which um, because she didn't reference the fact that I wrote her song lyrics 
on the letter that I gave her. And uh, she put, like, literally, the only words that weren't song lyrics were, Hi, baby. Dear baby. Song lyrics. Love, like I'm going to say her name on this show. Um, Dear baby, a page of song lyrics. Love, this young lady. Um... Hard origami. So I was like, okay, cool. In hindsight, I didn't even think about it. You know, I was just like, okay, cool. That's sweet. Um, so I sent her a letter back that was um, lyrics from Troop. All I do is think of you. <laughs> um, literally, the first verse. I mean, in hindsight, you recognize that these things are an issue because your letters should not rhyme. (laughs) But I was a kid and I was dumb. And so, dear, sweet, like I'm going to put your real name on this show, comma, space, space, or enter, enter. You know. That, no, that, that, those were all of my words. That was it. After that, you know, comma, I can't wait to get to school each day and wait for you to pass my way. And birds start to sing. And the angels start to sing, hey, that's the girl for you. So what are you going to do? Hey, baby, you know, I love you. All I do is think of you. Sincerely, love, Rashani, hard origami sent it back. I think the second time around was the part where it started getting real for me, and when it started getting real tired for her, because Aww. her next letter back to me was Rashani, comma. Thank you so much for being my boyfriend period. I appreciate it, period. Please don't ever come to my house and please don't ever call. (laughs) Period. I will see you at school. Period. Sincerely, like I'm going to say her real name on this show. So I I don't know if that's tired. Huh? I don't know if that's tired though. That sounds like just boundaries. I was in eighth grade. That was a breakup note. (laughs) I was in eighth grade. That was a panic note. Like, oh my God, she's not, it wasn't a heart anymore. It was just a piece of paper folded up normal. uh, Passed me, wasn't even between class. I had to wait till lunch. Actually, I had to uh, take a bathroom break and leave to make it to her lunch because she was in the grade beneath me. Um, And so I panicked. And so I sent her a note um, using more lyrics. I think I used Overjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Castle of Love. Just to find you are one I've been... Yeah, whatever. Stevie Wonder. Overjoyed. Was the last straw. (laughs) 
that broke the camel's back. The final salvo. That was it. After that, it was just like no communication. Everything got cut off. Oh, man. I never wrote song lyrics again until I uh, married my beloved wife, Nisha, and uh, sent her an email that was nothing but uh, lyrics from R. Kelly. Oh, wow. Love letter. But I did it on purpose that time. It was just like, you know, uh, here, I just want to make you laugh sort of thing. And she didn't laugh. She called me a biter. Which I I got insulted. I got insulted that she had the nerve to call me a biter because in all honesty, I thought it was a joke. And when I think it's a joke and you take it seriously, uh shit just got real. So I was like, okay, you wanna see what a real letter looks like? Here's what a real letter looks like. Dear sir or madam. We regret to inform you that your account is overdrawn. Because those were the letters that I got were threatening bills and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, single simulcast, episode 229. Shantae's in the building. Batman Wild's in the building. I'm here. I'm important, too. I matter. Uh, you can check us out a myriad of different ways. But since you're already checking us out, uh, thank you. Uh, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your enemies. Because I don't know if your enemies are my enemies. I just know that they're potential listeners. So share it with everybody. Um, voicemail number is 916-572-5016. No, 9016. 916-572-9016. Yeah, that's it. Um... Let me see. Email address is single simulcast at gmail.com. Um, you can check out the show at single simulcast.com, which is still the movement. Uh, you can check out the show on Stitcher, iTunes, on uh, Google Music, Google Play, whatever it may be. Um, let me see what else, what else, what else. I think that's it. Um, Shantae is on Twitter at Shantae Fabulous. That's F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. Um, I am on Twitter at Rashani. That's R-A-S-H-A-N-I-I. Um, Shantae is also on Instagram, Snapchat, and Pinterest, um, as well as her uh, excellent, excellent website, which is located at Bury me and redlipstick.com. Uh, it is dedicated to all things awesome and all things makeup. Um, let me see what else. We have a store. It's teespring.com backslash single simulcast. Uh, you can check out our shirts and whatnot. I'll go ahead and put them up on uh, Facebook and on Twitter so then y'all can go there and purchase the shirt, support the show. Um, if you just want to straight up give us money, uh, the link is uh, paypal.me backslash single simulcast. We will take cash. Um, and is there anything else of interest, of merit, of note? I Oh, yeah. Um, 
No, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. So, with that said, uh, Shante, how are you doing? I am just okay. I'm just okay. Like, I think I've, I've been better, but I've also been worse. So I'm kind of hovering around the middle right now. Okay. What about you? What happened to have you at this point where you're hovering right at the middle? I don't know. It's just kind of just a, a meh kind of day, you know, to the point where I was just like, well, at least I'm going to get to record today. Yeah. So... I know it's going to be a good time and it's just, you know, you just sometimes nothing really bad happens, but nothing really super duper duper good happens. So you're just kind of just chilling. No standout moments, just a day. Yeah. Yeah. Just another day living in the hood. Just another day in the hood. I'm feeling good today. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-day. I don't remember the rest of the song. I used to love Queen Latifah. Sorry. My day, I slept. Um, because, uh, last night I worked the overnight shift due to the flooding in California. Um, they activated me for my, for, I work in emergency services and I got activated for the overnight shift, uh, to monitor and make sure that, um, nothing exploded. And so I got there at eight 30 last night. And was there until nine o'clock this morning and nothing happened. Nothing. I mean, the rain kept coming. Rain be falling, you know. Um, so when I got home at about nine thirty, I fell asleep and was knocked out until like one thirty. So that was my whole day. I woke up and went straight to basketball practice uh, at 2.45. And then I went to my son's basketball game. Uh, my eldest triple. Um, well, my eldest son. So that was it for me. I mean, it's not like you said. It wasn't like it was a good day. It wasn't like it was a bad day. It was just a day. It was one of those days that was better than some not better than others and uh 10 years down the line you won't remember it and your list of remember when these things happen sort of things word yeah which is okay you know not every day is gonna be the best day ever and thankfully not every day is gonna be the worst thing that ever happened so these steady middle days i'm okay with that i'm all right uh, you know what? Before we get into this next thing, Fat Man Wild, uh, go ahead and play some music. We'll be right back. This single simulcast.
gentleman. If anybody can get the description, baby, I can. Someone who cares and dares to give himself completely. You got it in me. You need a man with sensitivity. Heaven 
Right, you're a product of your own decisions. This is Single Simulcast. Single Simulcast 129, Shantae, Fat Man, Me. Um, so last week we were talking about Chris Brown and Soldier Boy fighting over Karuchi, uh, Tram, um, and literally wanting to fight one another, um, because. Soldier Boy liked a picture of Karuchi on Instagram. Am I missing anything? Uh, that's how this started, right? That's how this whole stupidity uh, began. That's as far as I know. And I just want to uh, state for the record that I think social media beef is dumb. I think the people miss the fact that sticks and stones may break my bones, but you ain't bringing your ass to California. Um, I think that uh, the clattering of uh, shields and the shaking of spears is uh, never going to lead to much of anything except for that fool who drove to Temecula. Um, no shouts out to that guy. At all, at all, none as f. Um, and I just think that nobody ever comes out looking like the winner unless you have a million people in your corner or a thousand people in your corner who are going to constantly pat you on the back and say that what you're doing is the right thing. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. You make yourself look foolish. But if you have people in your corner who are patting you on your back and saying that even when you're doing wrong, you're doing right, which happens because this is social media um, look at Donald Trump um, these things occur and so Chris Brown and Soldier Boy have I would assume at the very least hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff I would assume that their followers are probably pumping them each up separately about this situation which is why soldier boy went on 
Instagram, I think, and made a video where he was in uh, Los Angeles in a blood hood, acting like he was a blood, and got his phone snatched. Um, that was funny to me. I laughed because I'm just a, a, a horrible, horrible person sometimes. And him stepping into the hood and just thinking that he was safe and then just finding out in that very moment that he wasn't safe was just hilarious to me, even though it would probably be scary as a mug to me in real life, like to find out that I wasn't welcome. Um, I haven't seen any videos from Chris Brown flaunting or anything um and i just want to remind everybody again that this whole situation before we go any further this whole situation is over a young lady's picture uh this whole situation is over a young lady who doesn't like or want or to be with either one of them i think that that's the most important thing in this whole story that's just being missed is that the last time i checked Karuchi didn't like either one of them um, but with that said, with all of that laid out, with all that background story brought together, um, Shantae, Chris Brown and Soldier Boy are going to reportedly duke it out in a televised boxing match. And I am keeping all of my money behind this. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Like, they're going to turn it, like, really? And, pe- I, and I know people are going to pay for it. I know somebody would pay for it just to live stream it so other people maybe don't have to pay for it. But it just seemed amazing. And then there's more. And see, and, okay, so, you know, there's, a, I didn't, I didn't catch the video of Soldier Boy um, getting his phone stolen. But he's, like, been posting videos of him, like, in the gym, you know, running on a treadmill showing his his little chest like he's lifting he's lifting like weights and stuff and it's just like i'm just just thinking to myself i was like baby you ain't gonna get no gains you gotta eat something you we need to show we need to show you like getting calories because you just can't lift you can't lift your way into whatever you think you're trying to lift your way into you gotta eat you gotta you know you need some nutrients or something because this ain't gonna but then at the same time, though, I feel like Chris Brown isn't much bigger uh, than than Soldier Boy body wise. Like he might be taller than Soldier Boy or whatever, because it seems like Chris Brown is a tall man, but he doesn't seem, you know, he's not bulky or anything. He's never, you know, he seems like he's got a, a thin dancer's body. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, they they're killing me with this whole thing. And then, and then they got and they're each of them are being like. Soldier Boy is supposed to be being trained by Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, who I do not like, who I cannot stand. Fuck that nigga. And then Chris Brown is being trained by Mike Tyson, which I haven't really seen anything with Mike Tyson. I've seen videos kind of with Soldier Boy on I've watched I've watched videos on mute because I don't really want to hear what the man has to say. But I've seen them together. So they seem to know each other and perhaps they are being trained together with Floyd and Soldier Boy. And then Mike Tyson is on the other end with Chris. And it's just like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening, but more power to him. We'll see if it's, if it's any, if they make any money off of it. Now I was, um, under the impression that the reason why Mike Tyson is involved is, um, because 
50 Cent reached out to him and asked him to train Chris Brown. Oh, God, really? Mm-hmm. Wow, this is a whole other level because I know what's his face don't really fuck, 50 don't really fuck with Floyd anymore. Mm-hmm. It seems like. So, wow, this is a whole nother level. And it's just like, um, okay, look, I know that they're going to make a ton of money. We know that. Um, I'm just, my mindset is, why? (laughs) I think that's the whole question. Like, why is this progressed to where it is now? Why is this the thing right now? And I'm also wondering, like, is this fake? But my number one question is, why get Mike Tyson involved when the last time Mike Tyson attempted to train a musician, it went a little something like this. Yo, Cannabis, man, what's up, man? I caught you on that cut with Wycliffe, man. You were booming, but I caught these foul, slouch-ass niggas. You know me talking foul about you the other night on the corner of the boulevard, man. I wasn't with that, but I ain't know you well enough to defend you, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I didn't remember that at all. That's with Cannabis? He was training Cannabis? Mm Mm-hmm. And then this, this is when Cannabis and LL Cool J were going heads up. Uh, right and 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 again chris brown i'm just saying mike tyson doesn't know you well enough to defend you but he's still gonna help you out by doing this but you seem like you got true game but beep game man they've been playing me all my life man you know i won a title a couple of times did right you know what i mean but they can't hurt us man we're gonna do it get up in this ring man put on these gloves let me show you how to handle yourself man you don't got nobody out there with you i got to show you man get up in there move that head man come on to me man but when you come man, you gotta come for blood man come up to me man come on bust that nigga hole man niggas... yikes bust that <laughs> nigga's hole I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying, you know, um, you got to move your head like this, which really is side to side. But when you hear Mike Tyson say this out of nowhere for a nigga that he don't even know, I'm going to, I got to show you, man, um, come up in here, move your head like this, bust that nigga's hole. It just, it, it, it. <laughs> so Chris, that's what you're in store for is that Mike Tyson going to show you how to bust a nigga's hole. And um, he's going to show you how to move your head properly. Um, But he's not going to defend you because he doesn't know you like that. Now, I know Soldier Boy um, is, like, broke. I know that. Um, I I, I thought at one point that he was saying that um, he had gotten a, like, $300 million deal or something like that. But yeah, apparently he's he's like struggling for cash. So I could see him doing this just for the money. And Chris Brown, I don't know. I I don't know what Chris Brown's pockets look like. Um But it says Mike Tyson, who is Team Breezy, is using the opportunity to promote his new single with Brown if you show up. Which is definitely absolutely not about the fight. And now I want to find this song. 
if you show oh, up dear. Chris Brown please Shantae talk amongst yourself while I type if you show up this, that sounds like a meet me in Temecula it does it really does sound like it and I don't wow I didn't even know there was I didn't know there was a song this is amazing This is there's so many layers to this that I just didn't know was happening so many layers and it's like why why is this at all necessary why is there a song like somebody please just explain that part to me I'll be fine with everything else if you can explain to me why there's a song about this called if you show up it sounds like just opportunity like or being opportunistic like I feel like there's some people especially now who are ready to strike while the iron is hot no matter what that thing is it's just like they're beefing like if that even if like if that beef was really serious like it was a for real beef like you know soldier boy like Karuchi's picture and Chris Brown felt some kind of way about it and they going back and forth with each other and it's all some kind of thing and then they both or one or the other or, yeah one or the other or both kind of realizes that people are really paying attention to this that now they they're into you know they go into okay let's capitalize on this kind of thing and then the other person either they do it together or the other person just jumps on too and it's just like well I don't want to be left out of this I'm gonna jump on this shit too you know, okay. I'm a, you know, jump right into this. I'm gonna get this attention, you know, kind of thing. I think that's what that's what could be happening because I don't because I don't even know if they're really gonna make a whole bunch of money off of this. It seems like they could, but it's not like I don't expect it to be like fifty, sixty million dollars or something, or whatever. It seems like they might make a little bit of money, but it seems like it's it's. I would think that they're more buying for the attention, having their name out there, whatever kind of validation they get from doing what they're doing is less than it being about uh, less than any monetary thing that they're going to get from I just don't expect them to get a whole bunch of money from this but what the fuck do I know Mike Tyson drops Soldier Boy diss song if you show up hashtag new ether alright oh let's, oh, let's, let's do I wonder it. if he's lisping all through this just listen all through this thing oh god well, well, if he's lisping, we'll find out because we're about to give it a lisping. Let's give it a listen. Oh, man. Hold on one second. If you show up, it's going down. I'm going to teach him how to knock your ass out. If you show up. That doesn't rhyme. Well, I'm going to teach you how to knock his ass out. Oh, it could have been I'm going to teach you how to knock his ass out, but... I'm going to teach y'all to knock his ass down doesn't rhyme. If you show up, it's going down. I'm going to teach him how to knock your ass out. If you show That's bad. That's the first thing that co- I got to hear one more time. That's okay. Hold on. <laughs> if you show up, it's going down. I'm going to teach him how to knock your ass out. If you show up, it's going down. I'm going to teach him how to knock your ass out. I'm Mike Tyson. It's going down. I'm going to teach him how- As if we had any doubt on the song. Exactly. By the I'm way, Mike Tyson. by the way, the first comment underneath this is fucking savage. <laughs> Love you, Mike. 
<laughs> this song is fucking savage. <laughs> savage. <laughs> oh boy. Then knock your ass out. If you show up, it's going down. I'm going to teach him how to knock your ass out. Fucker. So that's the whole um, preview. The best thing so far is the comments where one dude put first off, fuck your bitch, and the kick you claim. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let me see. There's actually, it looks like a full version. Do we want to do this? Do I really want to put us through this? I think our no. listeners... Are you sure our listeners don't want to hear this? No. I don't, well, I don't know. This this is going to be a lot. But yeah, here's the serious part. Honestly. A rapist and a person who assaults women publicly and says only God can judge me are training a woman or a guy who assaults women and soldier boy to fight one another over a woman that doesn't want either of them yet they're still fighting over her like they're fighting for the rights to her and I got a problem with that I don't know if anybody else saw it that way. That all these people who assault women in one way or another are getting together to fight over a woman who doesn't want to be a part of this at all. Uh, Soldier Boy summed up the beef best in the video promoting the quote fight of the century by saying... I just want everyone to know, man, Chris is my brother. Brothers fight, friends fight, and after the fight, they shake hands and keep it moving. Soldier Boy says in the middle of getting a haircut, we just promoting the fight, that's all we doing. I, I, it's real. My issue is real. It's sucky. It's sucky that she. It, it's like it's hard to explain. It's like she was in it, and now, and they were treating her like she was insignificant, and now she's just all the way insignificant. Like she doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, she's where it started at. And but if, she should have never been in it anyway. And if you look at it a little bit further, Fifty Cent is involved in this. Who has also been caught on wax, been on record, talking extremely poorly about his son's mom um, and saying horrible stuff about her. So what we have here is um, like an ultimate collection of misogynistic niggas fighting over somebody who doesn't want to be associated with them but they just won't let go of 
I wish I hadn't seen it like that because now I can't unsee it. Man, I'm, 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 uh, I, I don't know what to say now, Shantae. I really don't. So, I mean, but that's what, what you said is what it is, though. So it really sucks. So, you know, since I don't know what to say, if you show up, it's going down. I'm going to teach him how to knock your ass if you show up, it's going down. I'm going to teach him how to knock your ass out. I'm Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh. Just in case you didn't know who he was, that's important. <laughs> now, let me see. This video initially came out. Uh, there you go. So it's going to take him another, um, well, no, it's going to take him at least another three months to get the actual song out. Um, I was going to say it would take three years, but, uh, 50 Cent's probably writing it for him, not Floyd Mayweather. So, mm. yeah, that was a low blow, but I don't really care. Yeah, I don't like Floyd either. Fuck that dude. Fuck Floyd. For real. Yeah. For real, for real. Collective over and over again. That nigga can. Eat and it. I don't like 50 Cent either. I don't, it, it's, just a, it's a whole collection of motherfuckers that I just don't like in this in this whole story. It, well, I guess I'm kind of indifferent to Mike Tyson. I'm kind of indifferent to Mike Tyson. I, I think it for the most. I feel like. Uh, Maybe because I think a lot of his uh, the stuff that happened with Robin Givens and his uh, charge and everything, yeah, his that stuff. It feels like it happened so long ago that I know it's not always at the forefront. Where mm-hmm. the the revamping, the rebranding, the rebranded Mike Tyson sometimes is at the forefront. Very true. But so I think that's what it is with with him and, and and you know and it's also being able and and also his uh i think he did like that one man show or whatever and that was interesting the way when he was telling his story or whatever and it was also it was uh sympathized when he lost his child and everything so mm-hmm. it, it's that kind of stuff i think with it but at the same time though he's still you know he's still was an abuser, you know, to Robin Givens, and he still caught that rape charge, and it's just, you know, none of them seem all that dope as far as their past and stuff is concerned. But definitely fuck 50 Cent. I really, like, I have a a serious reaction to, to 50 Cent. I just don't, don't really care for him at all. And he said that he was going to get off of power because he didn't get nominated for whatever he what didn't get nominated for, or I don't know, maybe because of the show. I love the show. I don't like him. So if he's going to leave the show, that'll be great. But Tell him, that- boy, bye. Tell him, boy, bye. Boy, bye. It's the only part of the song I know. Oh, and Becky with the good hair. But yeah, no, I. I my problem with 50 Cent with that show was the fact that he's like the executive producer and he wrote himself in to be a mastermind on the show. Okay, see, see, and see, I never thought of him as, I guess, writing himself in it, but 
it always felt like because he had like because of the type of person he is that he was there's no way he was gonna let himself get put out of the show uh he would be he would hang on like even if there was a time where he needed to die where it would make sense that he could die he wouldn't let himself die he Mm -hmm. would stay in that show you know because of the type of person he is he wouldn't let the show he wouldn't let this you know he is going to be bigger than the story that's what it seems that's what it seems like you know hopefully that's not it you know because i follow uh courtney courtney camp she's the showrunner the creator of the show and everything she's dope and it's hope you know and it's kind of hoping that that's not what it is and everything but it it, i didn't like this uh i didn't care for this season this last season as much as i care for the other seasons and part of it is because of, of uh because of 50 cents character and what he was trying to do and just the way it was executed and just whatever so i'm hoping that he goes ahead and dies but it's just it's kind of hard right now because you don't really have a a big bad you know with them killing with so many of the other people getting killed mm-hmm. and everything he really doesn't have an enemy at this point you know other than himself and you know the feds yeah so meh <sighs> Uh, you know, there's shows that I need to watch, need to catch up on, uh, that and, uh, Empire. I didn't watch the whole last season of Empire, so I gotta catch up on that. And you know, the longer you go without watching a show, the more you're just like, do I even need to watch this show? Word. I think that's where I am right now, where I'm like, I don't really need to watch this show. I don't get up into the whole hula baloo of who's doing what and, uh, oh my god this hashtag you gotta the one show I'm looking forward to is Scandal coming back I'm really looking forward to that but I couldn't really get into how to get away with murder so I missed the entire last season I really liked the first season but then the second season I was just like it seemed like it's the same thing all over again so I stopped watching that um right now I'm watching this show called Wentworth on Netflix uh which is about a women's prison um the inmates in a women's prison and the folks who work there it's really good like if you uh wanted to like orange is the new black but they just kept doing horrible stuff to people of color on that show and kept having this white woman just prance through everything like nothing else mattered yeah. oh my god the way they just had her keep dancing through minefields just pissed me off um yeah fuck piper yeah totally 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 watch Wentworth because the folks on that show don't get away clean from nothing they get no quarter it's a really good show I'm just going to put it like that put it down and walk away Um, and then I'm also currently um, I'm mostly re-watching Leverage and then watching Wentworth uh, waiting for Scandal to start back up so I, I need to sit down and watch Blackish. I need to sit down and catch up on the Goldbergs. Um, and I need to sit down and catch up on... There was a drama that I was watching that was really good. But, oh, Designated Survivor should be starting back up pretty soon. I really like Designated Survivor. Um, it's written almost like if Scandal was written by a white person. 
as far as the cliffhanger things. Um, okay. And without the whole, um, without the whole, I mean, it's not like scandal. It's just written at that same sort of clip. It's just a really, really fast paced uh, show. I, I would recommend watching it. Um, at the very least, check out the pilot. If you don't like the pilot, nothing ventured, nothing gained. But I would, I, I dig it a whole heap, man. I think it's great. And designated survivor. That's with Kiefer Sutherland, right? Is that he's a Kiefer Sutherland? Yep, Kiefer Sutherland, okay. too, the uh, okay. the president. Right, because he's like, is he like Secretary of State or he's uh, like he's part? He's. I know he. I know like everybody in the line of succession like gets killed, and it's him. Yeah, know, he, he was to. like the. Uh, the deputy director of uh, urban housing something like that like he was about he he was as low on the totem pole as you can get right and he just happened to be selected as a designated survivor so he didn't get to go to the state of the union address and um everybody dies at the state of the union address and he's the last one alive so he immediately becomes president. Right. That's crazy. It's a really good show. And uh, given what we're going through right now, yeah. It's, yeah, necessary. Um, let me see what else, what else, what else. Oh, yeah. So I'm a coach. Um, I coach basketball. I've been doing it for a while. I am now coaching the seventh grade boys at uh, a middle school near my house. Um, and being a coach means that I have gone to a lot of high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools to coach over the past 10 years. I don't know if this next statement also pertains to ladies. I don't know. I've heard rumors that ladies' bathrooms are freaking horrible i've heard rumors i've never been in one so you know what i take that back i walked into one on accident at a tournament uh at kenny's uh at a tournament that kenny was in at a local high school because where i was sitting if you looked out the door you had a view of the bathroom like i knew exactly where the bathroom was i was looking at it and when it came time to have to use the bathroom i made a straight shot beeline for that bathroom above the bathroom door it said men so i walked into the bathroom um and first thing i did was i looked around for the urinal because i needed to go pee i couldn't find one but uh i was like okay um, that's weird, but that's okay. I really need to go. Maybe it's just an older school and they don't have urinals. So I will use just a toilet. So I locked in, used the toilet and everything and washed my hands. And as I was walking out from washing my hands, a woman and her, a woman was walking in carrying a baby. And I looked at her like, what are you doing in the men's bathroom? And she looked at me and as she looked at me I was walking past you know no biggie but I walked out and um the the bathroom was right next to the snack bar as I walked out there were women in the snack bar who were looking at me and laughing and I was like what, what what's so funny and they pointed turned out that 
the bathroom that I was looking at where it said men above it, uh, the rest of the word was cut off by the angle I was sitting at because it actually said women's. And so I went to the women's bathroom because I just knew that it was the men's bathroom. All I saw was men's, and so I made a beeline for it. So I have been in the women's bathroom. Oh, was, wow. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't get arrested or anything, you know. It wasn't like there were people in there when I was in there. It was empty, so thank God for that. Um, but I've been in a lot of men's bathrooms over the past whole life of mine. And again, don't know if this is anything for ladies, but men do not flush when they pee. It is annoying. Like in the urinal, it's full. In the toilet, it's full. They just don't flush. Like they won't even use their foot to push the plunger to flush. They just leave it there and walk away. Every time I walk into a bathroom, all of them are full not like with doo-doo or anything it's just full of piss like really y'all piss and just walk away like it's gonna flush itself and you know it ain't but you just such a pet peeve now just walking into a bathroom and smelling hot piss because nobody wants to flush the doggone toilet yeah huh go ahead i was like the thought it it makes sense though it well It seems like, you know, women complain about men in the bathroom. So if men aren't flushing this, maybe there's there, I mean, there's obviously some validity to that, you know, to the, the to the not flushing, to the not cleaning, to missing, to just this kind of indifference to cleanliness in the bathroom, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Whenever Devin uses my bathroom here, he doesn't flush here either. And I stop him every single time. I did you flush? And he'll think for a second and run right back into the bathroom. I'm like, well, I like that. And I don't ask my mom that question because she lies. She will quickly be like, yep, (laughs) you were just like that. And then tell these stories. And he's just sitting there like, "Mm mm-hmm, I knew it. And I'm like, that never happened. Right. I'm literally. See, my, my son's the same way. I have to remind him as well it's such a trial it's such a chore to have to remind kids to flush the dang toilet and it's only boys but I know it wasn't me I'm like the I'm like uh, Puss Is that was that his name? Puss in Boots from Shrek mm-hmm. where uh, he was like that that's not mine and that's me I, I, I didn't do what you thought I did even though you remember it vividly and you're telling her exactly how it happened that wasn't me it wasn't me um saw him pissing on the back seat it wasn't me um saw him pissing at a track meet it wasn't me um but yeah yeah guys are nasty kids are nasty middle schoolers are nasty they don't flush and it's getting on my nerves fat man wild spin the beats this single simulcast.
what's good. I'm with whatever comes my way. Hip-hop parade. Lots of on vacation. I'm just plain old day in the day. I strap up, step out in every direction. Clock tech, Jimmy hats in case I need protection. So I land, cruise, pump sounds, play out wannabes. A kid in the M3's getting jacked right in front of me. So I play the tech close, my fingers on the trigger. Don't want to get wet, so they steps, cause mine's are slightly bigger. But better yet, I'm a threat, so you better walk. Or get sketched out in chalk, cause I don't want to talk. I stay true blue, I'm hoping it's you too. I got the fever for the flavor of a woo-woo. So it's back to the block time to play. It's just another day around the way, hey. Oh, you're 
glad to say is gonna die I, I I'm I say that without hyperbole I say it without any emotion I just say it like I'm glad to be saying it he's going to die he deserves to die he needs to die he's gonna die that's it the only problem is now he's gonna sit in jail for like 
40 years waiting to die. That's really it. That's the whole story for me. He's going to die. Um, he did horrible, horrible things, and he's going to die. And I hope that those uh, those poor people, those black folks that he murdered, I mean, it's not like they're going to get justice from this or anything like that. I just... He's going to die. And that's the crazy thing. I can't really think of what this is going to bring anybody. But it makes me feel good that he's going to die. And I feel no shame for saying that. This ain't going to bring closure. This ain't going to bring anything for anybody when you really think about it. But yet, I really, really need him to die. When you think about all the L's that black folks are taking in regards to folks getting prosecuted for crimes against black folks, Dylan Roof needs to die. When you think about the fact that the kid in Idaho walked free after sodomizing a uh, disabled teammate with a wire hanger, Dylan Roof needs to die. And Dylan Roof dying ain't gonna bring justice for that kid being sodomized. It's, he, it's just not. It's not gonna bring justice for George Zimmerman still walking the block. It's just not. It's not going to bring justice for uh, Pantaleo. It's not going to bring justice for uh, any of them. It's not going to bring justice for Michael Brown. It's not going to bring justice for Eric Garner. It's not going to bring justice for Rakia Boyd. It's not going to bring justice for Sandra Bland. It's not going to bring justice for anybody. It's not going to bring justice for anyone at all. It's not going to bring justice for um, any of the uh, black women who have been killed by police. It's not going to bring justice for any of the uh, black women or men who have been wrongly imprisoned by police. It's not going to bring justice for any of it. It's not going to bring justice for uh, any of the black folks who have been dragged behind cars by white folks and brutalized by the KKK and all that. It's not. I don't care. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Oh man, I hate I hate laughing at this, but I, but I but I feel you, and I feel other people who feel the same way, and but I also feel the people who are uh, who don't who aren't who are upset. Who, well, not who are upset. The people who are against the death penalty and feel like this isn't helping anything that even though Dylan did what he did that because they're against the death penalty and because the death penalty more than likely is going to be uh, like wow Dylan Roof is justifiably getting this sentence and this punishment and everything and if it's carried out it's carried out uh, you know there's people who feel like the state should not be deciding uh, who lives or who dies there's the people who think that uh, that think that the that capital punishment should be abolished because it's disproportionately uh, meted out to 
to black people and a lot of times those and some and there's times when those black people are innocent you know there's enough there's enough instances where we've seen people be wrongly accused of things and they have they go to prison forever long and it's a, it's a high probability that there's people who have died that are or are on death row and there's, there's no, no reason for them to die, die. They, you know they're it's it's not you know they're they're innocent or you know whatever so i get I think what I just, I think for me, I'm kind of meh about it, you know, because it's not going to bring any of those people back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I, and I, but I guess I get, I get feeling like I, I get people wanting something, wanting to feel like this is a win in a sea of L's, you know. And, you know, in a sea of L's that have come and possibly a sea of L's that are going to come later, that are coming, that are just kind of, you know, just there. So, you know, I I guess I I get it. I think I think what I hope what I really am focused on, though, are the people who insisted that the family and that just people in general shouldn't be mad at Dylan Roof or should forgive him for mm. what he did and then but in his trial he was basically like I I don't feel any you know I don't have any regrets you know I feel like I needed to do this it's this kind of you know this lack of remorse but this insistence you know as soon as it happened that these people that these black people had to forgive this white man for coming into their safe space and annihilating them annihilating that that love and that peace and that you know whatever they were extending to him you know and basically just shit on it and they were supposed to uh forgive him and here he is nearly a year later like eh, you know gotta go gotta go i do I, what i gotta do i feel nothing i'm doing what the right thing is for white people and yeah it's like uh you can eat a dick yeah and they're not gonna you know and those people who insisted on asking if they were going to uh asking if they were going to forgive him or insisting on forgiveness they're not going to apologize they're not going to acknowledge the kind of pain that they were possibly inflicting on those people you know how they were mistreating them insisting that they feel different than what they may feel that they can't be angry or sad or it, it was just like no do you forget to forgive them it's, it's just it's such bullshit so I don't I don't I, I, I don't want something like that to uh, to happen again I'm sure it will at some point I'm sure somebody will do something um, will do something racially motivated to somebody and then somebody else is going to be like, well, do you forgive them? This kind of thing. And it's just, it's just such bullshit. And honestly, it's like every time that it happens to us, you're absolutely right. Somebody will come out and say, mm-hmm. we need to forgive. We need to give it some thought. Um, I mean, all the way back to when what I was 11 and Rodney King got his butt whooped on video and the first thing he did was come out and say can't we all just get along we need to have forgiveness right now 
Nobody ever asks white folks to forgive. They get vengeance. They get justice. They talk about um, the 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 folks who um, kidnapped and abused. I I, I don't really know because I wasn't really paying attention to it. But the four folks who on Facebook Live, the four nitwits who kidnapped and abused a disabled white man. Did they, yeah, I think they were in Chicago. Did I they think. end up killing him? Or were they just, did they just, I, I honestly, I don't know. And I don't know either. Cause I, I, when I saw it, it was just like, Oh no, I can't, I, I'm, I'm avoiding this. I'm avoiding this. Cause you never know what you click on. And I didn't want to see a video mm-hmm. and it was just like, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm not, this isn't okay. This is fucked up. They need to go to jail. You know, cause it seems like what I, what it, maybe someone was like, they, they manipulated him into thinking that, that everything was cool. Like he thought they were his friends and okay then they, uh, they do this to him they tortured him tortured mentally disabled man okay like yeah um i didn't pay attention to it because I, I first of all didn't that's not something i ever want to see secondly i knew that if they were black they were going to be going to jail before the video even uh made its rounds too far because honestly that's the way justice works if a black person does something before you can even start setting up a tip line they usually get arrested especially if they're dumb enough to have a video with their faces on it that was just so you know but this young man in Idaho was also mentally disabled And uh, he got sodomized with a wire hanger and nothing else happened. The guy who attacked attacked him and, and assaulted him went free. I haven't heard anything much about it on the news since then. Nothing else happened. That's the issue that I have right now. Because it it seems like it's like that across the board. And it seems like it's getting more and more pronounced and and worse. That's it. It just seems like it's getting worse. Oh, and there's a white guy playing Michael Jackson in a British TV series. It's Joseph Fiennes. He's still I, I am so disappointed. I'm so, it's just, I don't understand why. I don't understand who cast it and thought that, yes, this is exactly what we need to do. We need to put, like, like, the whole thing is, it's like, regardless of Michael Jackson's skin tone, He's always been, you know, he was a black man. Mm-hmm. He was a black man. Like, he talked about black stuff. So, I don't, 
I don't understand what they were thinking. And it seems like, and it's, what's so messed up is that it seems like it could have been an interesting story, in theory, kind of, you know, because it's supposed to be about uh, Elizabeth Taylor, Michael Jackson, and I guess Marlon Brando going on a road trip after 9 11. Mm hmm. So the thought of that is just like, oh, wow, I had no idea they did that. I, I wonder what that could have been like, you know, just, you know, it's just a, it seems like a, an interesting tidbit kind of thing off to the side. But looking at Joseph Fines and what they did, and he's got like a, it looks like he's got a prosthetic nose on of some sort, you know, it seems like it, or maybe the makeup is just, it's contoured in a way and it looks weird and he's got like eyeliner on and I know they're going for that to early 2000s Michael Jackson and everything but it's just like no you could have I don't know they could have picked somebody else even I mean like even if there's not like anybody any like current actor right now you know out that could have looked like him that could have pulled it off they should have cast somebody else. They should have cast someone. They should have cast a person of color. They should have cast someone who was black or someone who was part black. Something. Because it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And there were people today who were uh, talking about like, oh, well, who could have played him? This is on Twitter. They're saying like, you know, like just saying, like, well, who could have played him? And part of, one of the persons I thought of was Evan Ross, and you know he was in um, he was in ATL that he could have he could have done it, but I, I don't know if he could have done it age range wise. But even then, I feel like sometimes when we ask the question, "Well, who could have done it?" It's like saying that, "Well, because we can't think of anybody," it kind of lets the the casting people off the hook as if there's not just actors everywhere. You could have picked somebody else, you know, even if it's a new person. Try something else. You don't have to. Because this whole thing is, it's like it's Joseph Fiennes. It's like Joseph Fiennes isn't. Uh, like, I don't feel like there's people running around saying like, oh, my God, Joseph Fiennes is in this movie. Let me go watch it mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's just, you know, not that he's a nobody, but he's not anybody that's just bringing everybody to the table. So it's just like, why not just pick somebody that isn't going to have you. Uh that isn't going to have it where your publicity is about look how crazy your actor looks and you know have it it's about that instead of it being about the show being good or bad you know because it could have been you know it could be just it could be terribly written but at least it's about the show it's not about the way this one picture of him looking crazy has overshadowed the whole thing it's like at least let it be about the work and not about this one instance you know because you fucked up my mindset is if they have floated this picture out before they started recording, they would have saw that it was a bad idea. That's right. it. They, they really should have just listened to public opinion because as I remember, Twitter went crazy um, when this first came out and it wasn't well received. Recognize it then and just scrap it. Instead, they doubled down and they made, they, I've seen the video of what this supposed to look like and it looks like a, a car accident not only that Joseph Fiennes sounds nothing like 
Michael Jackson. Um, and so, like, it's like everything that could go wrong went wrong with this idea. I think that's the best way to put it. It was a car accident uh, bound to happen. And I'm pretty much ashamed of what occurred. Let me see if I can find the video real quick and uh, get some audio of it. Here we go. Hold on one second. Please don't let there be a commercial. Hi, can I help you? I'm looking for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> now join in on me. I do not know the word. I will introduce myself as Adolf Hitler, academic painter. Mr. Taylor. You caught me, darling. Get ready for the finale. Where's Dave? I'm Dave. So why did you start taking LSD? To feel more like Cary Grant's? What is this I'm holding? A torch. The marble lions. They are horses. I sense the danger. Here was his such That was him right there saying, I sense the danger. Mm-mm. He doesn't sound anything like him. That should sound goofy. Yeah, like he like he was playing it as a joke. You know. It just I don't know. I don't know. Um I don't know. These people need to make better decisions. I also think that maybe part of it is uh, need more people of color making decisions and seeing things and just be like, what the fuck is this? Because I feel like it's probably, you know, it's probably not necessarily the case because who knows, you know, I'm sure there's times where there's a person of color in the room and they're like, oh yeah, this is great. You know, but it just feels like if enough people are in there, you at least get a difference of opinion rather than it just being just everybody just saying like, oh yeah, this is cool. Let's go for it. Because he looks terrible. He, he just looks bad. Like even if he's not playing Michael Jackson, he still just looks bad. He looks strange. Mm-hmm. He, he just, just looks strange. So it's just like, well, why is this even? Like, why do you want someone on the screen whose makeup is so jarring that it that you're wondering what the hell is going on? Like it just takes away from whatever the fuck they're saying. Exactly. I don't know. Did you hear about uh, Steve Harvey uh, going in on Asian men? No. Okay. Yes. See, I caught. I didn't see it, but I know people were talking about it the other day, and then they were talking about it again today. Because then, because then, some. Because I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but someone created a thread of uh, Asian men who are attractive, of attractive Asian men. And I have no idea, but I, I have no idea why Steve Harvey even went there because it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, I don't feel like there's any group of people who are just collectively, oh, well, nobody's fucking with them. Like, there's not. No, like, that doesn't make any sense. That's why it's always crazy when people are just like, like, it's one thing if you're personally not attracted to whoever. Totally, it's just like fine that you're not personally attracted to them. That's not your preference. But to just collectively say like, "Oh well, 
you know, I'm not attracted to them because ain't none of them attractive. That's that's baffling to me. It's just like that doesn't make any sense. It's like you're not even using your eyes. There's, I mean, there's lots of people who are attractive. Mm-hmm. Of different races and skin tones and all the different kind of stuff, ethnicities, you know, whatever. They're attractive if you look at. But yeah, I don't even understand why he was okay. Do, did you see why he was even speaking on it? Was it on his show or? Yeah, or it was. It was um, on his show, according to the blog on AngryAsianMan dot com. Uh, blog dot uh, Steve Harvey kicked off Friday's edition of the Steve Harvey show with a segment highlighting and mocking a bunch of goofy, useless self-help books, help books, sorry, weird titles like knitting with dog hair, how to have sex hmm. in the woods and how to date a white woman, a practical guide for Asian men. The oh, wow. book was written by someone named Adam Kwan and available on Amazon. Um, and it came back came out way back in 2004. The book is moronic and deserving of all the ridicule it has received over the years. But Harvey doesn't devote too much time making fun of the book. Instead, he sets his sights broadly on Asian men and gleefully mocks the outrageous notion that anyone, white or otherwise, would want to go out with an Asian man. Here's the video. Finally, here's one. How to date a white woman, a practical guide for Asian men. At this point in time, he speaking about black women, he puts his hand on his hip and affects a stance uh, that many folks, both black and white and any other race, have made as a uh, stereotypical mockery of a uh, black woman's default stance. You know, hand on the hip, other hand off to the side, fingers together like you're about to snap your fingers. You you, you know the stance. Everybody knows the stance. I just wanted to describe it a little bit further because it's fucked up. Don't stay with you no time. I don't eat what I can't pronounce. How many times has Steve Harvey been married? I think twice. I think he's on his, I don't know if he's on his second or his third marriage. And, uh, you know, usually I wouldn't bring up somebody's marital history as a detriment. Sometimes you don't find the right person the first time around, or sometimes I realize you're a piece of shit. Um, but you know what? Bottom line, this dude is a horrible, horrible person for people to be following. Like, 
as far as relationships go, as far as anything goes. He's not a role model. He's not what you should be looking at. And he just keeps going and going and going. Um, but he's literally on TV talking bad about Asian men and getting applauded for it. And there's just a lot about that that just makes me sad. And the last, well, maybe the last story that you would ever think would uh, hit the news. A Maryland man is facing attempted murder charges after an argument over a grilled cheese sandwich sparks an hour-long standoff with police on Sunday. Police say Daniel Blackwell fired multiple rounds through his basement floor after he became angry when his wife took a bite out of his grilled cheese sandwich. Detectives say the 55-year-old man fired his gun at her through the basement floor while she was making dinner. When his wife went to check on him, she found Blackwell surrounded by guns and ammunition. Soon after, the wife heard three more gunshots, the projectiles of which came through the kitchen floor near where she was standing, Baltimore County Police said in in a press release. That's when she called police and ran out of the home with her children. No one was injured. When police arrived, Blackwell barricaded himself in the house for a three-hour standoff. He ultimately surrendered peacefully. He has been charged with attempted first-degree murder, assault, reckless endangerment, and multiple other charges. Over a sandwich. Over a sandwich. Well. Over a bite. Yeah, over a sandwich. Over a bite of a sandwich. Over That's a bite. Now, granted, it's probably uh, bigger than that as far as he's, as far as in his mind. You know, he probably felt disrespected and whatever. But it's just over over biting over his sandwich being bitten mm-hmm. over someone taking a bite of his sandwich that's that's wild that's, mm-hmm. that's so wild and so scary because uh you know because for him to have done you know for him to go off like that it's like who knows what he's been doing before that you know as far as just for a bite of a sandwich to set him off like he could have a history of abuse you know or that kind of being threatening or so he's surrounded by guns and ammo and everything who knows and it's just just wild it's a wild it's a wild thing because what what what's wild about it is you hear about people uh characterizing women as uh i guess crazy for lack of a better word, in different situations. You know, this woman is crazy and this and that. And, you know, you talk about snapped and all this different kind of stuff. But it's more likely that a dude is going to do some, is going to do, is actually going to do the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a dude that's going to do it. He's going to have a gun or whatever. And he's going to, you know, even if both, even if a man and a woman both can get mad, it's the, it's more likely that the man is going to act on it in, in a way and end up harming the woman. You know, but men are more level-headed and men are more logical and less emotional and, and all sorts of kind of stuff. But here's this dude, you know, shooting his seat, you know, shooting from his basement uh, over a sandwich. 
Mm-hmm. But but men are logical. Men are less emotional. Women are more you know women are more emotional and less logical. Doesn't make any sense. That about sums it up. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. That's you know what I don't. Period. Period. Point blank. Um, Shante, you got any shout outs? Uh, hmm. Oh, shout out! Shout out to my brother. Shout out to everybody who's listening. Uh, shout out to any new listener if they're deciding to to check us out. Uh, that's appreciative. Or I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that's it. Oh wait, no, no. I know what I wanted to say. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. And fuck him for. Uh, I guess. Paying prostitutes to piss on a bed because uh, President Obama and First Lady uh, Michelle Obama slept in that motherfucker. Like, the dude is strange. And I'm still, and I'm going to continue to be angry that people voted for him. And I'm mad that he's able to just dodge questions. And tell people, oh, like he told CNN, even though CNN is, you know, has done fucked up shit, just called him fake news. And he's just not answering anything. He's just out here doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. And I'm salty that people just voted for his ass and thought that shit was okay. So, yeah, I'm still mad. I'm still mad at you if you voted for him, whoever you are, if you listen. I'm mad at you. I, um... I posted it on Twitter yesterday, I believe. I don't remember. It was a long day. But that he's the first president that I know who is coming into office with multiple lawsuits that he has to deal with. Like, as he's in office, there's multiple lawsuits he's going to have to deal with. Um, Dude is an embarrassment. He's a joke. He's an absolute joke. And it's horrifying to me what the future holds period the next person who tells me it's in God's hands I realize that but that doesn't take away the fear I'm still shook so yeah Um, be sure to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher if you leave a review hit us up on Twitter or Facebook uh, yeah, on Twitter to let us know you left a review. Um, like I said, purchase the shirt, purchase the cup, purchase the sweatshirt, whatever. Uh, if you've done so, send us a picture. Uh, email address is single simulcast at gmail.com. Voicemail number is 916-572-9016. Feel free to leave a voicemail. And I think that's about it. Uh, this single simulcast, episode 229. Again, thank y'all so much for stopping by. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we will see y'all in a bit. The next episode we do will be the uh, annual birthday extravaganza. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fat Man Wild, spin the beats. This single simulcast. Peace. Time I've been building my castle of love just for two. 
nigga just go Life is surrounded by signs If you connected, you know Then I believe I have a hard time Soft so they find it difficult Nothing in their life never rhymes And then they wonder why they never grow They would rather grow like vines Six seconds in they go But I would rather be a bonsai And then never grow at the flow And tell them I'm eating Oh man, I'm rolling, 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 rolling. 